0: Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to the Farmer's Dog. It's real food, made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy, and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com listen. You're listening to Wellness Talk with your host, George Batista.
2: to the show this week everyone glad you guys could be with me this is wellness talk and as always i'm your host george batista uh this is the weekly health and wellness update for those of you who are listening for the first time this is the show that goes over the latest in health and healing nutrition fitness everything we can do naturally to live a hopefully a longer healthier and happier life and um Anyone can listen to this show. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're an athlete, whether you're just dealing with some kind of health issues and you want to kind of get back on track, or if you want to maintain your current health, hopefully you can you can get some tips on this show. Now, this show is for educational purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional medical advice, and it is not intended to treat, diagnose, prevent, or cure any illnesses. So please always consult your physician when wanting to make major changes in health and wanting to embark on any new health programs. As always, you guys can speak with me or consult with me on a regular basis. You can go to GeorgeBatista.com. That's B-A-T-I-S-T-A.com. You can read the articles that I go over, which I usually post on uh, Facebook.com forward slash wellness talk. And I try to cite Uh, all the articles there including any videos and things like that I'm going to be putting more videos on there as well so uh, hopefully you guys can uh, check those out and if you have any questions for me um, you can ask them at uh, wellness talk at hotmail.com now this week I've got some good articles for you. And uh, the first one is going to talk about, it's from from propublica.com. And this one is going to talk about why you should care about the drugs that your doctor prescribes. And I'm actually going to go over, because they did a study about, well, they did actually an investigation about the prescription, uh, the prescribing habits of doctors. And uh, why uh, many of you should be concerned about this. Then we're going to talk about low vitamin D. Uh, And how new research shows um, that it's one of the causes of premature bone aging, okay? That's from wellness resources. Then we have from Mercola.com vitamin C and how it affects the side effects of um, inflammation from exercise, okay? So we're going to go in depth into that the nutrient for this week we're going to talk about the history of colloidal silver and how uh, you and how you guys um, should be taking this especially in the winter if you are coming down with something and why the FDA would love to get rid of it (laughs) well well, among other things and we're going to talk about five ways that you can uh, make your work Area or your job uh, more successful with meditation, which is one of my favorite things. So we've got some good things on tap this week for you. Okay, so first, this is from uh, ProPublica, and this is why you should care about the drugs your doctor prescribes. Now, this was this was an article, and I thought this was interesting because we all know that um, it's it's been you know. Public knowledge recently that doctors have, you know, tend to go overboard in their prescribing habits, especially with psychotic or antipsychotic drugs and things like that. And this was an article done by Tracy Weber and Charles Ornstein. And what they did was, and I, I'm actually going to cite most of it. I'm going to I'm going to read directly from the article because I think you it's it really it really kind of hits to the heart of the issue. But um, They they talk about how the Los Angeles Times has actually um, done articles on how doctors have overprescribed painkillers and misused a lot of different types of medications with deadly consequences because we know most medications have you know a good amount of side effects. Well, uh, I'm going to cite I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk a little bit about exactly what they said here and I'm going to quote this and it says as reporters who have long investigated healthcare and exposed exposed frightening variations in quality quality we wondered why so much secrecy shrouds the prescribing habits of doctors okay now the information certainly isn't secret to drug companies they spend millions of dollars by, uh, buying prescription records from companies that purchased them from pharmacies the drug makers then used the data to target their pitches and measure success but when we tried to purchase the records from the companies that supply them to drug manufacturers we were told we couldn't have them at any price so this is what they did they actually turned to medicare which was, you know a public program and um, the, the program it provides drug coverage to 32 million seniors and the disabled and accounts for one out of every four prescriptions written annually. Now this is what they found when they did the Freedom of Information Act in Medicare and they were actually gonna, you know able to get access to the actual information here. What they found was actually disturbing, and this is why I wanted you guys to hear this. It says, we found we found that although we didn't have access to patients' name or medical records, it was clear that hundreds of physicians across the country were prescribing large numbers of dangerous, inappropriate, and unnecessary drugs, and Medicare had done little, if anything, about it. One Miami psychiatrist, for example, wrote, 8,900 prescriptions in 2010 8,900 prescriptions think about that and these were powerful antipsychotic medications to patients older than 65 including many with dementia now the doctor in an interview had said that he, he had never been contacted by medicare okay so that's one thing to think about now, a rural Oklahoma doctor regularly prescribed the Alzheimer's drug Namenda for patients under 65 who had who had not had the disease. So these people did not have dementia, but he was prescribing a uh, an Alzheimer's drug. They didn't have Alzheimer's, but he was prescribing an Alzheimer's drug to them. Now. He told, in the the interview, he he said that it was because the drug helped to calm the symptoms of autism and other developmental disabilities, but there is scant scientific support for this practice. Think about that. Now, among the top prescribers of the most abused painkillers, we also found that many had been charged with crimes, convicted, disciplined by their state medical boards, or terminated from state Medicaid programs for the poor but nearly all remained eligible to prescribe to Medicare patients. How disturbing is this? I mean you know doctors, doctors, uh, uh, and and not all doctors because there are doctors that are responsible out there but there are a lot of doctors that are so abusing this system and the point is it's not just antipsychotic medications and and all, all different types of medications, you know, dementia medications and things like that. But it's things like an, uh, antibiotics. We know that doctors over prescribe antibiotics and that's why we have such a, one of the reasons we have such a, um, you know, uh, uh, such powerful, um, you know, powerful um, illnesses that are coming out out there. Powerful bugs that are coming, that are becoming resistant to antibiotics. That's why we have people with such, you know, having uh, such issues with candida problems and stomach problems in general, which is affecting their immune system, which is leading to asthma, which is leading to um, all kinds of lung problems, all kinds of... um, um, uh, all kinds of uh, it, just all kinds of problems in general. I mean, I can't, I can't even start naming them. But we also know that on an average, 200,000 people die each year of uh, of you know interactions with medications and hospitals and wrong medications and um, you know prescribed wrong drugs and side effects and all that. And and that's what we know of. Okay, we know it's probably a lot more than that. But these are things that you're be aware of. so when you go to your doctor and he prescribes drugs, you know, oh well, I always tell people, ask questions. If you go to your doctor and you, you know just blindly follow everything that he says without even asking questions and asking, "Why, you know, I should be on this? Why is he prescribing this? What, does, what are the medication side effects? What should I do?" You know, ask these questions because we've got to remember, do not let your doctor. Um, use you as a guinea pig for anything okay I know I wouldn't you let you ask the questions because at the end of the day this is your life that you're dealing with this is not your doctor's. Your, your doctors will go home and go to their nice house with their nice cars and all that type of stuff you need to ask questions find out why your doctor's giving you this medication what are the side effects is there anything you can do so on and so forth give them a list of questions and I know a lot of doctors you know some doctors will be good and they'll work with you and some doctors don't want to hear it but you know what you are the patient and um, it's your life at the end of the day so that's um, I'm gonna you know put this article up so you, you guys can definitely uh, read that all right next from wellness resources. Low vitamin D causes premature bone aging. Well, this was a new study, and it was actually from uh, the Berkeley Labs Material Sciences Division of the University of California, and they studied low vitamin D. Now, we know, first of all, that vitamin D has always been um, the has always been very very important when it comes to making sure that calcium gets in the right places in the bones okay so and um, you know we know that a lack of vitamin D you know does affect bones in a certain way and we also know that vitamin D which is very very deficient in most people out there these days um, is also very important for immune system tolerance because basically it puts a lid on the amount of uh, tolerance that your immune system can handle so, very very important. But it, you know, it's also an important hormone. It acts as a hormone in higher amounts, and we can get it from the sun. We can also get it orally, uh, especially in the winter, because most people's vitamin D is very low in the winter. But now we're seeing that a new study shows that the lack of vitamin D actually speeds up the aging process of bones, um, as different from mineralization of bones. Okay, so again you know it, vitamin d is very important in the mineralization of bones which includes magnesium vitamin k and calcium okay that's that's normal all right but um now, what they found is that when vitamin D is deficient, the body actually will remove calcium from bone to maintain normal calcium blood levels, okay? Now this removal of calcium from the, ex- from the actual existing bone causes a softening and an abnormal bone structure and, uh, you know, this is basically will look like as if the bone actually aged significantly. And now what they did here, they, they used advanced imaging technology and they studied three-dimensional structures of the bones in people that were vitamin D adequate versus people that were vitamin D deficient. And then they found that those with low vitamin D had a, dep- had a depressed rate of new bone formation. Okay, now you have to remember also that your bones, as you're going through your life, are constantly being mineralized and demineralized. Okay, so you, it's kind of a, a cycle of action. So you have what's called osteoblasts and osteoclasts, and. The osteoclasts are what's responsible for the stripping away of the old bone. The osteoblasts are the the kind of the bone builders or the carpenter. They're responsible for putting the new bone back on. And you're going through this cycle throughout your life. But as you get older, as you get into your older years, this starts to slow down. And you start to get more uh, of the osteoclast activity versus the osteoblast, so you start getting more of the stripping away of the um, of the bone than the actual building of the bone. Okay, this happens as you get older. But now we're seeing that those with low vitamin D, according to this research, actually have um, actually have a depressed rate of newborn formation in general. They also found that the older bone which is, was actually in much worse shape with excessive abnormal mineralization and cracks that represent brittle bones. So this is this is very important. This is another reason why those why we all should make sure we're vitamin D adequate number 1, but also those of you who are older, especially, you know, if you're getting into your, you know, 60s and 65, 70s, those, uh those age ranges where you need to make sure that you're getting adequate vitamin D levels, not only for your immune system but to make sure that your bones are being kept in good con- con- condition okay you know paying attention to vitamin d status over the course of a lifetime is vital okay so you know most people unless they're getting plenty of sun need at least 2000 units of uh, per day but many need more than that just to maintain not only bone but to maintain their optimal immune function so you know this is this is very key because as you get older your risk of fracture goes up your risk of brittle bones goes up and so on and then you started getting to the issue of osteoporosis and all that type of stuff. So you don't necessarily have to get to that point, it's just making sure that things are adequate. So, again, this is new research on vitamin D and another reason why those of you, uh, especially if you're getting older, making sure that things like vitamin D is adequate but also strength training and just exercise to help keep those bones firm is, is key. Okay. Alright, next from Mercola.com, and this is vitamin C and other nutrients can combat exercise induced side effects, well, we know that um, exercise is one of the most important things you can do to maintain, you know, obviously maintain good health okay and exercise is something you have to do it's just it's just part of the overall health program okay what people don't realize is that exercise does does have certain side effects now obviously you know some of the side effects are good if you're in good shape for example you know you're obviously doing your exercise exercise in and of itself is an inflammatory process by the body okay even though it's good for you and you have to do it it is considered an inflammation by the body why because the body Actually, it, it's it's actually kind of like the fight or flight response from the body. Okay, so remember the your body does not know the difference between you, you know, uh, strength training, pushing weight, or running running away, using your muscles to run away from a saber tooth tiger, for example. Okay, it doesn't know the difference. It it it, pr- it has the same inflammatory uh, side effects, and it raises the same infl- inflammatory nutrients in the body. or or, you know those types of things when you're doing each activity okay so you know so that's one thing you have to realize but you have to do it because again you're what you're doing is you're conditioning your body for future use now one of the things that people specifically who have um who have respiratory issues and things like that, they can they can get uh, what's called exercise-induced asthma, which includes cough, wheezing, and shortness of breath. And an estimated 10% of people are affected by this type of thing. But they did a meta-analysis, and this was out of Finland, and it shows that vitamin C actually helps to reduce bronchoconstriction, which is caused by exo- exercise-induced asthma by nearly 50%. So vitamin vitamin C actually helps to reduce it by half. For those people with exercise-induced asthma. Another thing that helps to reduce exercise-induced inflammation is rhodiola, and I've gone over rhodiola in the past on this show. Actually, I uh, uh, maybe last week or the week before that, and rhodiola is also a, it's an extract which has been shown to have anti-inflammatory effects uh, and it helps to protect the muscle tissues during exercise. It also helps to significantly increase the time to exhaust, uh, to exhaustion during exercise, okay? So that's another thing, but now those of you who are not uh, in shape or those of you who are just starting an exercise program those those are the ones who have to really really be careful because when you're starting an exercise program it's very very um, natural for people to want to do a lot more and that's where exercise you know uh, exercise for those of you who are not in shape can become too inflammatory and actually can have the reverse effect okay and what you want to get is a good response to the exercise that you're doing whichever exercise it is whether it's strength training or whether it's uh, cardio or whatever it is but you want to get a good response to it so those of you who are very very out of shape or just starting a program obviously consult your your physician when you're starting it but you want to start off slowly this way you're gradually uh, gradually conditioning your body to get that response okay and then little by little you can go from, you know, go up from there.
1: Okay, whether it's, I guess. Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Zero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today walking or you know some kind of cardio or things like
2: that okay but things then that can help when you're when you're finishing your exercise especially strength training and things like that okay Uh, if you're building muscle you want to focus on things like getting good protein into you whey protein is one of the best proteins uh, to get into your system after you've done weight training and you know used your muscles a lot um other things like you know um you know Other types of protein like free-range meat, free-range chicken or turkey and things like that, you know, humanly raised if you're doing that. Um, Organic eggs, okay, or free-range eggs, another type of protein which is good. And if those of you who eat meat or red meat, grass-fed beef. That's what you want to look for, grass-fed beef. Those are great things to get into you uh, after you've done your your exercise because uh, it's very important especially to keep those muscles in proper shape and um... you know and that type of thing now another thing another one of the side effects that exercise does sometimes um... bring on is muscle soreness and there's uh... what's called domes which is delayed onset muscle soreness and and it, you know this can affect everybody but it tends to affect a lot of people who are doing a lot of excessive weight training Okay. now you're gonna get this from weight training if you're especially if you're doing um if you're progressively, you know, bringing your weight up a little bit because your body and your muscles are getting used to the weight that, you know, the new, uh, the new stress that you're putting on it, okay? So you, you know, you're going to get this, you know, on a regular basis as you go forward, but. Again, this is an inflammatory signal by the muscles because what it is is your, your you know, you, and, and many people experience this type of thing one or two days after the exercise, but it, again, it's inflammation caused by the, you know, caused by the microscopic tears in your muscle fibers and the micro tears between your muscles and the surrounding tissues, okay? So, again, this is your way of your muscles breaking down, it's called, you know, it's, it's kind of a, kind of a catabolic type of thing where you're breaking down the muscles and then you're rebuilding them as you go so that's why you need time between um, your exercise your workouts to help the muscles build up but there are nutrients that can help to with these types of things and this again this could be whether it's you with your you know weight training or whether it's with your you know whatever exercise you do nutrients that that help to not only help with pain relief but the inflammation in general things like ginger curcumin, the omega-3 fats in your fish oils and your DHAs, great for inflammation. MSN sulfur, okay, very good for joints but also improving metabolism and reducing the inflammation. Astaxanthin, okay, it's great for soreness and helps for faster recovery time. Cherries, cherries are proven anti-inflammatories, okay. Arnica, which is a homeopathic uh, remedy, which is helps to reduce muscle soreness. Okay, marathon runners use this a lot, and carnosine. Carnosine, which is two amino acids, is beta, uh, beta alanine and histidine, and and it basically helps as an antioxidant to help the muscles reduce the soreness by buffering acids in your muscle tissues okay so it helps to reduce localized inflammation and carnosine also helps to uh, people doing high-intensity anaerobic muscle performance okay so those are those things you can use but again make sure that you're getting a good response to whichever exercise you're doing because again it, you you want to make sure you have an array of antioxidants on board to cope with the exercise induced inflammation that's going on. We need to exercise, that's no doubt, you know, that's, that goes without saying, it's all part of this whole get, you know, uh, get fit and, you know, the whole wellness program in general. Okay. All right, next, our nutrient for the week is colloidal silver, okay. Colloidal silver, many of you who do not know what colloidal silver is, I'm going to go over it, and it's spelled C-O-L-L-O-I-D-A-L, silver, S-I-L-V-E-R. It's great for anti, it's a great antibacterial, antifungal, and antiviral. So, let's talk a little bit about it. First of all, history of colloidal silver. It's been used since ancient Greek and Roman times as an antimicrobial for preserving, preserving foods and liquids and it's also been used medicinally, okay? Now in the 20th century, allopathic medicine monopolized all the medical practice favoring only synthetic pharmaceuticals. So what they did was they started to kind of, uh, you know, get away from using those types of things. But during the 1980s, um, at Syracuse University, they they started to demonstrate and they started to kind of bring back the colloidal silver because they realized how highly effective it was against bacteria, viruses, and fungal organisms, and even those that had become resistant to antibiotics. Okay, Very, very key. Now, for many centuries, royal families had ate and drank from silver utensils that were, and they were rarely sick, so they were called blue bloods, okay, because their blood had greater levels of silver in it, when they, and that's, that's how they realized it. Now, um, another thing was that the Greeks and the Romans used to store all their perishable liquids in silver containers, and prior to the invention of the ref- refrigeration, it was common practice to drop a silver coin into a container of milk to retard spoilage. Okay, so these are, you know, this is how this whole business started, but then when it started coming back towards, you know, in the late 20th century, uh, you know, in the 1980s when colloidal silver started to become big because they started to use it for, again, you know, uh, ba- mostly bacterial and fungal and stuff like that. I mean, this was becoming huge, uh, you know, as huge as antibiotics, okay, but of course, you know, the FDA and Big Pharma got in the way and started to, uh, started to monopolize the whole thing. And then the FDA, you know, satisfied with Big Pharma's demands in 1999, they started, to, they started to rule, you know, they did a ruling basically that silver ion solutions and colloidals can only be considered mineral supplements and not promote healing properties as they, as they were in the past. Okay, so therefore any silver product that promotes healing or antimicrobial properties can be shut down by the FDA um, and, you know, or, or any surrogate state medical or food agencies. Okay, so keep those things in mind because you know how we all know how the FDA is, okay. So let's talk a little bit about some uh, colloidal and ionic silver facts, okay. Okay, a normal dose of colloidal silver should be an ounce a day or less, okay, and uh, it can be increased during extreme viral and or bacterial-borne illnesses, okay. Now, keep in mind, this is not something you're going to be taking uh, preventatively. So you're not going to be taking colloidal silver on a regular basis just to prevent illness. This is something you take on the, ideally, on, an, on the onset of a certain illness, okay? You know, hopefully when you're getting it before it becomes a big deal, okay? That's when you want to take it because it's been shown to really, really, really be effective in those types of situations, okay? There are three ways to take the intake, uh, to take colloidal silver, okay? Orally, uh, uh, capillary absorption, which is, you know, sublingual or through the airways which is like through a nebulizer. Okay? Uh, now only oral ingestion poses a threat to gut bacteria. Small oral doses may get into the bloodstream before damaging gut bacteria, but some silver products providers do advise taking a probiotic or potent kefir beverage hours after orally ingesting. So that's why you don't really want to take it uh, regularly because it can disturb your gut bacteria and your good gut gut bacteria because it's very very powerful stuff again this is stuff that should be taken only if you're dealing with some kind of virus or bacteria or cold and stuff like that because it has been shown to help lessen that and you know you can take it along with any kind of other stuff you're taking but this is very, again very very potent It's it's very very potent stuff so again be careful but it's been shown to be v- very very good against uh, bacterial viruses and stuff like. You can get it as a um, as a supplement through very very um, good uh, supplement companies. Okay, so colloidal silver, uh, our nutrients for the week. Very very potent uh, anti-viral, um, antiviral, antifungal, those types of things. But make sure you're getting it. Um, you may want to stock up on it because if the FDA gets his hands on it, then forget about it. Okay. All right, and five ways, this is from the Chopra Foundation, Dr. Deepak Chopra, five ways meditation can make you happier and more successful at work. Well, I'm um, one of the biggest promoters of meditation. I've been meditating for a long time, and it's one of the best things you can do for the mind, for the body, for just in general to make your, um, make your work, but your, your life in general just happier. And we're going to talk about five ways how it can help you at work because we know people can be stressed at work on a regular basis and, um, you know, blood pressure tends to go up when you're at work, especially when you're dealing with your boss and things like that. So how can we help to manage that on a regular basis? So let's talk about it first. We're going to go through these pretty quickly. First, meditation reduces stress. Now, chronic unmanaged stress can make you sick and accelerate aging. We know that, okay, so um, the scientific studies have shown that prolonged stress contributes to the development of high blood pressure, diseases, stomach ulcers, all those types of things. But meditation actually, your body releases stress and reverses the effects of the the fight or flight response okay when you start to meditate uh, on a regular basis okay it also helps with you know but it also helps with your heart rate insulin um, insulin, uh, um, insulin production uh... to reduce insulin production suppress immune um... you know highly um... this suppresses the immune system that's can be highly active uh... it can help to um... suppress you know cortisol symptoms and things like that so you know this is this is very very important again helps to reduce all incidents of different types of stress responses in your body in general so this is why you want this is the first reason why you want to use meditation secondly meditation helps to help to create harmonious relationships so for example when you're feeling balanced and centered it's much easier to respond um, rather than to react to someone, especially again when you 're dealing with bosses and things like that or coworkers in general, so as you meditate on a regular basis, you develop what 's known as um, kind of a witnessing awareness this is the ability to be calm and look at things more objectively in the situation you know and you and you ac- you can actually be the person that notices when you 're being triggered. Uh, by certain responses okay by certain um, stimulus at work okay so the, the ability to be present and aware is very valuable at the work pa- at the workplace okay so helps you get along with your colleagues and your co-workers and your bosses a little bit better um, you know uh, the more you do it now meditation improves focus and concentration Okay. Um, obviously, many people feel frazzled because they're trying to do more than one thing at a time. You got to remember that uh, the the neuroscientists have discovered that the actual conscious brain cannot multitask. So you got to remember when you're at work, you people think they're they're multitasking, but in in essence, you're really not multitasking. Multitasking because the subcon the conscious brain cannot. Actually, multitask. So, for example, if if I'm talking to you and you're checking your email, you know, if I'm talking to you and checking my emails at the same time, I'm really not doing either. I can't put my attention on both at the same time. I either talk to you and/or check my emails. Okay? So, meditation helps to train our brain to stay focused on the task at hand, rather than letting your attention go all over the place. And this is what you want. You want to be doing everything at one time. This is how you actually get things done. Okay, Uh, but it'll help your brain focus, get more attentive, more concentration. You'll notice that you're able to concentrate on tasks at hand better than you do um, without it. Okay, number four meditation enhances your creativity. Now, we have roughly between 60,000 to 80,000 thoughts a day, but unfortunately, most of them are the same thoughts you had yesterday. So, um, the greatest you know the greatest innovators and athletes and other high achievers have described this kind of feeling of being in the flow, and that's what that's what help, meditation helps you kind of become in the flow. So you ever experience when you're doing something, whether it's cooking or playing an instrument or at your job, and you're just kind of in the flow, and you everything's just going perfectly. That's what's that's what's part of the creativity process. Okay, and that's what meditation helps you with. Okay, being in that creative flow. And number five, meditation helps uh, health and vitality and helps to enhance the power of the brain in general. And uh, those of you who hear a plane going by, it's just because I live near the airport but that's beside the point. Um, So when we're feeling healthy and energetic, it's much easier to stay focused on your daily demands of work. So so meditation now actually has helped to uh, and it's recognized as a healing tool with numerous benefits including again with your heart rate, your blood pressure, your immune function, your use of oxygen, fewer stress hormones, your pituitary gland releasing uh, growth hormone, all these types of things. So in general meditation is great for health and well-being um, physically as well as mentally, very very important stuff. So, um, and again, meditation can come in all forms. You don't have to be sitting there for hours on end. My recommendation m- recommendation would be 10 to 15 minutes a day, whether in the morning or in the evening. Now you have to remember that meditation is a long process. It's not something that you do for a week and then you're done it's a it's a long process that you know over time starts to yield those results, so you have to stay patient with it, just make it a part of your everyday routine. Ritual is very very powerful, very very important, okay, so this is why you want you want to do it that way, but meditation very powerful, very important, definitely do it okay, finally, I had a question here from Diane very quick question here. Uh, she says that her father is suffering from the uh, early stages of dementia and wants to know what um, what she can do to or what she can give him to help improve it. Well, Diane, um, the main things you want to focus on is brain nutrients, okay? Because uh, when you're starting to get to that issue, it's actually a lot easier to kind of help to fight or get you in the right direction when you're stu- when you're suffering from the Early stages of it, then when you get into full-blown, you know, uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, so on and so forth. Okay, um, so if it's if it's just diagnosed and getting just getting started with it, there are a lot of brain nutrients you can help that can help him um, at least to try to stave off and get him in the right direction, uh, or at least you know help to ward ward it off as much as possible. So you want to look at things like um, number one, brain. Um, make sure. He's getting a lot of B vitamins. Okay, so B vitamins very, very important, not only for your brain but for stress tolerance as well. Okay, so vitamin B12 specifically very, very important. Get it as um, supplement form if, if if he has to, because that's where you'll get your highest concentrations of it on a regular basis. DHA, the fish oil, very, very important brain nutrient okay it's also anti-inflammatory so if there's any kind of inflammation happening there um, the, the DHA is going to help with that you know at least 500 to a thousand milligrams of that. Um, phosphatidylserine excellent brain nutrient um, it's it's great for cognitive decline um, it's very very important okay. but that's another thing so again phosphatidylserine choline is another one you get choline in eggs and certain uh different types of things like that but choline is another one very very important very very good brain nutrient as well okay and um you know again there are other things as well um uh ginkgo biloba very good for that for brain nut- uh brain nutrition um, and there's a lot of other things. Curcumin, uh, good for uh, again inflammation, bring down inflammation. Um, these are basics, okay? Um, you know, other things like grape seed extract, very very good. Help, also helps the brain. Also, again, remember that things that help the liver also help the brain as well, okay? Because remember by by. Uh, dry body weight, your liver and your your brain are the two fattiest uh, you know, organs in your body by dry body weight. So they, they kinda go hand in hand. But but your basics you want are your B vitamins, your fish oils, your phosphatidyl serines, your cholines, these are excellent brain nutrients, grapeseed extract, these are the basics. If you get your um, you know you get your father on these things and get them high enough to good you'll hopefully you'll start to see some you know, I'm not saying this is a a cure, this is not a cure, this is not a one-shot remedy. These are things that you can use in general as an overall program uh, to help him at least to, you know, kind of get those side effects. I don't know if he's on medication or not, but to kind of uh, ward off some of the issues when it comes to at least the beginning stages of uh, of dementia. Okay, so hope that helps you out there, All right, so that's it for this week. Um, if you guys have a question for me, you can ask it at Uh Until next week, have a great week, everybody. Take care and be well.
0: Some read self-help books. Others use meditation. At New Balance, it's believed that peace can be found with a run. The lessons learned while running your race are a blueprint for overcoming obstacles and achieving balance in life. Go beyond the run at newbalance.com.
1: Check out the latest footwear innovation from Adidas, the Adizero Adios Pro 2, which features carbon fiber energy rods that are both lightweight and precisely tuned for a more anatomical transition. Everything from the ultra-light polyester upper to the re-sculpted midsole and the reinvented outsoles are designed for speed. Visit adidas.com to learn more today.
0: Pet food bags are covered in pretty pictures of healthy food, but the highly processed pellets inside are far from it. Make the switch to the farmer's dog. It's real food, made fresh and delivered right to your door. The Farmer's Dog worked with top vets to create ready-to-serve meals using fresh, human-grade meat and vegetables. They contain everything your dog needs to stay healthy, and nothing they don't. Go to thefarmersdog.com slash listen to save 50% on your first box with free shipping. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen.